Welcome to Better Since Birth. This is your go-to podcast for unapologetic motherhood and breaking the norms society holds about women. I'm Sarah Nowak, your host, and I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here, Birdie. I'm really excited to talk to you today about your journey, about your life. And I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. And I'm just really amazed every time you post something about what you're doing. So um, I guess many people probably already know you or heard about you who are listening to the podcast now. But maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit for people who don't know you yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll introduce myself. Um, that would be cool if they already know me, but who knows? <laughs> I'm Bertie. <laughs> I'm Bertie. I'm a single mom. I've been a content creator for a couple of years now, and I spent a year traveling in a van. And then last year, I bought an old farmhouse and have been fixing it up and did the farm life for a year. And we are about to hit the road full time again, and we are heading off to different countries. I think we're going to go to Costa Rica first, but I'm still getting all the plans set in stone. Oh my god, Costa Rica. Oh my god, that sounds so amazing. I'm so excited to, to see your content from Costa Rica. Oh my god, it will be epic. Um, and I think it's such a, like, I can imagine it being such a perfect place to start as well. I guess it's super child-friendly there. Um, so that sounds really, really awesome. So you're talking a lot on your account about um, living fearlessly as a single mom, um, doing like all the things that, um, society tells us not to do, <laughs> which I'm a big fan of. Um, so I was wondering if there was a time in your life where, um, because you're speaking very freely and openly about your life and about everything. So I was wondering if there was a time when you did not share your truth that openly with the world. Yeah, so I'm very passionate about speaking my truth very loudly now. And that is because for a very long time, I didn't speak my truth or even know my own truth for a long time. I fell pretty far into the role of people pleaser and trying to live according to what everyone wanted from me and what everyone expected of me and trying to just meet everyone's expectations instead of really figuring out my own values and living for my own alignment. No matter how much I try to please other people, it's not serving anyone. It's not serving me and it's not serving that. Because both of us are losing authenticity and both of us are losing out on the opportunity to live in alignment with our truth and to be our happiest selves because if you're out of alignment with your truth it's impossible to be your happiest self so i realized all of this masking and trying to people please was doing nothing for me or the other person and i started to tear away at all those layers and started to learn what actually looked aligned for me Oh, that is so beautiful. I, I can see myself on that so much because I used to people please like um, basically my entire life because I was conditioned as a child to like always be polite, always be kind, always say like don't say no to other people. Um, and I can so relate with what you're saying about it's not helping every anyone if you're not living um, your truth. And actually, you can't even attract the right people into your life if you are constantly living in a lie and if you're constantly denying your own your own truth. So that is super beautiful. 
Um, so was there like a major, um, like a major time when, um, or did something major happen in your life when you realized, okay, now's the time that I need to stop people pleasing. Now's the time where I just like, um, don't care anymore about what others are thinking about me and where I just go out there and share my voice. Yes, there was definitely a really big event that just basically like shook my whole worldview and made me wake up to the reality of how people pleasing wasn't serving anyone, including me. Um, I basically, you know, I was in a marriage that I thought was like pretty authentic and, you know, I was trying to be the perfect wife and the perfect mom and I did all the cleaning and I did all the cooking and I did all of the things that, you know, they say is the perfect housewife. And I was just continually serving, serving, serving. And I was so burnt out. I was just so burnt out. I was struggling to feel happy. I was struggling to feel a sense of purpose. And, but I was, I was still keeping going on it because, you know, I thought this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to behave. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then I found out that my partner was hiding things from me and, I go into more depth in on my uh, memoir, Becoming the Wild Mother, which will be out soon. But basically, the short story is a police officer came to our front door, knocked on the door, and told me my husband at the time was actually stealing things um, from a local store with my daughter, and it happened to be the only time that he was spending with my daughter. So I was shook. I was, it was, it, it crumbled my whole view of him. It crumbled my whole view of my marriage. And it just made me realize like what a lie I had been living and how it was not serving any of us. So that's when I started really diving into my authentic self and um, basically just like pulled all of my energy out of that, stopped trying to be the perfect housewife and just started figuring out what I actually wanted in life. And that was the first time that I uh, explored traveling full-time. We actually got a camper. I did stay in the marriage after that, but only for a little while, but we did get a camper and travel for a little while. And so it was this whole switch of, it, this switch just flipped within me and I stopped living for other people and just started doing what I wanted to do. Wow. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing the story here. Um, I'm super excited to read the memoir, by the way. But that's so crazy. I think we always need to need to have these certain situations in life where we're just like thinking, oh my God, is that a dream right now? Is that a movie? Like what did just happen to me? <laughs> But then when we look back at them, they always turn out to be like one of the best things that could have happened to us in that moment. Because um, as well, like in your case, like you said, that it led to you speaking um, your truth and you being more um, authentic. So that is like the positive aspect of it, I guess. Um, so, wow, that's really, that's really interesting. How do you, um, because I was wondering, um, because I get the same thing when I uh, share like a controversial opinion on social media or um, generally just traveling alone with my daughter, there are many people who have like an opinion on it. And um, yeah, I realized that you also share like a lot of controversial um opinions on your reels and generally on social media like how do you cope with hate comments with people being super mean getting super personal um how do you cope with that 
This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately because I just recently started posting on Facebook, which Facebook is the most brutal platform out of them all. And I'm like, (laughs) wow, I am so, I'm like, I am so glad that I waited until now to start posting on Facebook. Cause if I had done it to start, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is brutal out here. But now I see those comments and I kind of just like laugh to myself because the truth is I have come to the realization that the way I see things is not a typical viewpoint. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that I make people like challenge the way they see the world. It's a good thing that I present an opposing opinion, even if it means people will be triggered at me, even if it means people are going to come at me with negative opinions or with harsh comments. You know, sometimes people attack my character because they don't like my opinion and that's fine. I've come to realize it has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with my character. It has nothing to do even with my opinions. What it has to do with is the other person feeling triggered. And that is a good thing because the only thing that will cause change in the world is for people to be triggered and have to assess their own viewpoints. And if I am triggering people, that means I am getting them to assess their viewpoints. Even if they're not going to change their viewpoint in that moment, they all they now will have more awareness of that viewpoint. And that will make a difference in the long run. So the way I see it is, you know, it's getting to the people that it needs to get to. It's creating the change that it needs to. And if I truly feel like, oh, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say, like I will take something down. If I'm like, oh, maybe it's not being um, taken the way that I meant or anything like that, because I never want to challenge people in a way that causes harm. I only want to challenge people in a way that causes productive conversations. So I just always see it as, okay, I'll take that feedback into consideration, but hopefully this is just triggering you in a way that produces better outcomes for everyone involved. That is so amazing. I I truly feel that because I think social media is a place. Um, it's always what you make out of it. And um, I think if people um, just comment like really meanly on other people's videos, I'm just always wondering like, what are these people? Um, I wonder what their life looks like. I wonder if they just sit like the whole day on their phones, just scrolling in their Reels tab or wherever and just like commenting on every video like... Um, like main stuff I really want to what like yeah <laughs> what they're doing but um sometimes I can really like see also on my own account that some comments are like really um being like thoughtful and not just like internet trolls you know and then I really start wondering like okay um that really triggered the other person and for me it was so hard in the beginning when I started posting um because I really took them personally and I was like oh um because I was not used to um yeah I was not used to people like telling me like in the face that um they don't like me or that like and that I'm doing the wrong thing or something like that and um yeah so I was like first I was really shocked and I didn't know how to how to cope with it but now actually I got kind of the same point of view like you I think it's important to share um to share your own voice and to share what you're thinking no matter how how other people perceive it and if they don't like it then they can follow and um maybe they come back at a later point <laughs> because I realized oh wait that was actually true what she said a year ago I know I've had times where um, 
especially getting started where it was just so hard to take any of the criticism. And I come to realize like that was such a good thing because it made me realize insecurities about my own values and how I was living in alignment with those. And I noticed that when a comment would really get under my skin, that meant I had, uh, it will usually mean that I had some sort of like insecurity about how uh, like aligned I was with that value. And it just really made me strengthen those areas and push myself to live in more alignment and push myself to really stand firm in how I valued things. And, you know, it's been like such a transformation. I used to delete every negative comment because I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to see that. And what if they agree with it? Oh no. And like, (laughs) I would just get like overwhelmed with it. So I delete it all. And now I leave them on there because I noticed that it just sparks this discussion of people like debating things. And that's a good thing. You know, the world needs more controversial debates. That's how people grow. That's how people learn. And that's how they get to see things from another person's perspective. Yes, I so agree to that. Um, I also started like deleting some comments um, in the beginning, but then I realized actually um, it's actually good because also people started to defend me and I was like, yes. Um, I don't need to, I don't even need to defend myself. And also I think you need to realize no one has to defend themselves online. No one has to prove anyone, anything online. No one has to explain themselves online. Like um, in the end, it's your life. And I think if you have a certain amount of followers on social media, people think that you own them an explanation. Um, even if you like start changing your, your way of life, if you would have like an account for let's say traveling and then you like settle down somewhere and you would have to explain something, but in the end it's your life like you don't have to you don't have to explain anything to anyone and I think that's also why many people just get overwhelmed with the whole platform because they just feel like they constantly have to explain themselves and their point of view um, to anyone and yeah it can be really really exhausting but um, I was wondering if you maybe have an advice for for other moms or for other women in general um, who want to who want to like get more into um, speaking their own truth and using their voice to create change in the world um, if you would have a piece of advice for them how they could start maybe sharing their truth and maybe um, taking the fear away of the whole process Yeah, I think it really comes down to knowing what your values are and knowing what alignment looks like for you and what what is your heart calling you to speak on? Because if you truly speak on what your heart is asking you to speak on and you're not speaking from a place of fear, you're not speaking from a place of doubt, you're not speaking from a place of, you know, wanting to criticize and you're solely coming from your heart and your alignment and your truth then you can feel sturdy in speaking that because you know that no matter who challenges you, that is still your truth. Someone cannot change your truth. Someone cannot criticize your truth. Your truth is still your truth. And so if you find that space of confidence within what your heart is asking you to speak and your values and the way that you see your life and just falling into that space of intuition, which does take work. You know, for me, it took a lot of meditation. It took a lot of um, hypnosis. It took a lot of making sure I gave myself time to create and reflect and journal and explore my own feelings about things. You know, I had to undo lots of layers of other people's expectations on my life. And once you get to that point of just knowing what your heart's truth is, you can speak it loudly and know that no matter what anybody else says, that that is still your truth. And it's, it's always beneficial to share your truth. Yes. And I think also by speaking your own truth, you allow other people to 
to speak their truths as well. Um, so I think especially as little girls, we always get told to, like I said, to be polite and um, just to be kind, to be quiet, to sit still. Um, and you got two daughters as well, if, I, if I'm if i right, and I got a daughter as well. So um, how are you showing them? I mean, you're the living example of speaking your truth, but are you doing any practices with them, um, showing them how to speak their truth? Or um, yeah, do you do any like little kids, like little plays with them that uh, would teach them to, yeah, to live in alignment with their values and to to share their voices? to speak up yeah absolutely that's something that we try to practice and work on and of course you know with their age a lot of it is primarily just learning emotional regulation to start but just making sure that they can keep their truth so you know I explained to them you can feel this way and you can speak that out as long as you're not harming others it's important to say how you're feeling so you know for today um my daughter was getting upset at the coffee shop because her sister didn't want to sit by her. And I said, well, you're allowed to be upset about that, that that is okay for you, but also your sister's allowed to want her space. And so, you know, we just go into these conversations about understanding each other's truths, not being <laughs> offended by each other's truths, but also still respecting our own feelings. And we, we try to just embody this by living more slowly, being mindful. So we'll do things like just observing the environment around us and creating mindfulness. And we'll also do things like um, the girls have done meditation practices and we've done tapping practices and we've done um, sharing what we're grateful regularly. And just being able to tap into those reflections of themselves allows them to explore within themselves a little bit more what is their truth and being able to uncover that over time but also being able to stick to being their authentic self in its full embodiment because they don't feel like they're asked to change that embodiment that is so healing to hear from my inner child <laughs> um and another question um, I I just had like in my mind, because I know that you're homeschooling your girls and I bet that it can get, I mean, on the one hand, it's amazing that you create like your own um, schedule and that you actually teach them things that are like so valuable for, for their lives, for their entire lives. Like I cannot even imagine like learning um, all these amazing techniques when you're a child already, because I started teaching my girl, like she, my daughter, she's like two years old and I started teaching her yoga and I was just thinking like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Imagine you grow up like with all this wisdom, like since you're a little baby, um, like what an epic life they have ahead of themselves. Um, but I was wondering if it's like, if it gets exhausting for you, um, because you're 24 seven together and I'm, I mean, I'm 24 seven together with my daughter as well, but I'm not also her teacher, um, at this point, <laughs> not yet. Um, so I was wondering if you create, um, like boundaries or, um, yeah, how you manage to, to like switch between the two roles, between the two roles, or if it's not even necessary to switch between roles, if it's just you and, um, it just comes naturally. So I practice child-led homeschooling. I forgot to say at the beginning, I have a master's degree in child development and I practice unschooling, which is child-led homeschooling. I know it's commonly 
misunderstood as like doing no education, but that's not true. We just do child-led homeschooling, which means they learn all of the things, but they learn it on the basis of their own interests and their own pursuit of education. So for example, like we were learning words the other day and um, my, my oldest daughter, who is now six, she just turned six, is starting to learn to read. And so we have some word cards and we just put the word cards out on the floor and she wanted to make a game with it. So she set the word cards up in like a line and a little zigzag and made her own little track. And then she would move her ponies from word to word and we would say the word together. And so she was practicing her words and learning the words. So we'll make a game out of it and we will um, basically she she creates her own games with different learning objectives. Like we did the same thing with some math cards and we used ponies to do like three plus three and then she would count them out. So she's learning all these basic concepts, but just in a form of play. So it's self-guided play and she can kind of learn what she wants to when she wants to, but she's still learning all the things that she needs to learn. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, that is um, that is amazing. I bet that there is a lot of stigma around like homeschooling and child-led schooling, but um, I think it's amazing what you're doing, and it's amazing to create this safe space for your kids to explore and to learn um, away from like the pressure normal schools put on you and like the comparison between the children. I think that's like such a toxic environment, um, to be in. And I'm, I mean, my daughter is only two years old, but I'm already thinking about, um, um, yeah, what would be like a good fit for us in terms of like schools or like probably more earlier, like kindergartens. Um, so it's like really inspiring listening to your story and, um, yeah, um, it's really, really amazing what you're doing, like I said. Um, so your account is called, um, Becoming the Wild Mother. And, um, I was wondering what is your definition of a wild mother or if you have any, advice or tips on how to become a wild mother yes absolutely um i'm realizing too that i forgot to say about the burnout part of being a homeschooling single mom because burnout does happen um but i think the biggest part like you were saying like if i have boundaries i definitely have boundaries and we definitely do rest days where we're not really doing much of anything where we just relax around the house and i also make sure that I have like a set morning routine. I'm taking care of myself every single day so that I can actually show up fully. Like I take minutes to meditate every single morning just to make sure I can actually show up fully and be present and be mindful and not, you know, get to a space of burnout. That's so important. Sorry, I just add on here <laughs> quickly before we come to the name of your account, why you chose it and what kind of advice you got. Um, because I think that's such an important part and something that I always stress is to um, create these routines for yourself. And like, even if you have, like, like you said, like this um, busy day of like not only being like the, the single parent for your kid, but also being their teacher um or just like so much responsibility and I think um it's so important to take this time for yourself and I'm really happy to hear that you um, managed to create like a morning routine for yourself where you can meditate for like 10 minutes because I think 
um there we don't need like to have a morning routine of like two hours where we like wake up at five and just do a whole yoga practice and um I don't know, create like the healthiest breakfast possible. I think um, just like integrating little parts of mindfulness into your life, especially as a mom, I think it's so, so valuable and so important. So I'm really happy to hear that you managed to do that because I think it like um, changes your entire day and it sets the tone for the entire day. If you just um, have some time to like just for yourself in the morning just makes everything different and also in the night like before going to sleep it's also what I'm doing like I usually try to take some time in the morning and then before going to sleep because it's the only times where I'm just like really um, can focus on meditating so I'm trying to to integrate that right now as well and yeah I can really see how it shifts my whole my whole being actually because I'm I don't know it just makes me so happy to meditate at this point it's crazy um but yeah anyways let's get back to um why you named your account becoming the wet mother and um what's your definition of a wet mother and um yeah what kind of advice do you get for other moms to um yeah to mother more widely Yeah, so talking about the self-care actually plays directly into becoming the wild mother because something I've talked very passionately about on my platform is how the only way I have been able to do what I do between, you know, starting my own business, homeschooling, writing a book, um, you know, being a single mom who who is doing all these things and creating is because I do these actions of self-care and self-maintenance and because I'm constantly checking in with myself and realigning myself. So when I became a single mom, uh, one of the things I really checked in with myself about is like, okay, this is a situation where like I can sink or learn to swim better. And by swim better, I mean like fully, fully take care of myself and learn to fully fill my cup so that I had more to give because I had to have more to give if I was going to be able to travel and be a present mom that I wanted to be at to homeschool and still create a business the way I wanted to and to be able to show up in that in a fully heart aligned way because all of those things take a lot of energy to do. Okay, so your piece of advice for other moms would be to to prioritize themselves first. Did I understand that right? Yes. So to be able to fill your cup fully and to learn what fills your cup fully so that you are able to have more energy to put towards all of these things. And that's what my my journal, Becoming the Wild Mother, is about, is just learning what are your values and what is not aligned with those values and how can you create boundaries that do not allow your energy to go to those things that you are not prioritizing. And how can you create those boundaries so that only the things that you value and are in alignment with and want to put your energy towards are getting your energy. Because if you're constantly doing the people pleaser thing and showing up everywhere, everyone asks you to show up, you are not going to have any energy left to put towards the things that you actually value. So a huge change that I had to make within myself when I became a single mom and realized like, I have to figure out where to get this energy. I have to figure out how I'm going to create these changes so that I can show up fully towards these things that I really, really care about, which is travel, building a passionate business about motherhood and homeschooling, and also showing up as a mom I want to be. So we have to really dig deep and figure out 
what is worth giving our energy to because our energy is so valuable. And if we do not use our energy in a mindful way, we will never make progress on the things that we actually want to make progress on. Yes, I relate to that so much because I think as a mom and especially as a single mom, um, you have such a limited amount of time during the day because your day is usually ruled by um, by your kid and by what they want to do. Like that's what my day looks like. Um, but um, if I get to have like, I don't know, an hour for myself when she's like taking a nap or um, probably in your case will be when they play together or um, yeah, when they are asleep, I I just sometimes find myself just like scrolling mindlessly on social media, and then I think to myself that I'm after that I just feel more drained than than I was before, and it wasn't not even like not at all filling my cup because you think it's like a simple pleasure, just like okay, let's just like let me do nothing for like um, five minutes, but then these five minutes turn into like twenty minutes, and then suddenly your kids awake and you did basically nothing. <laughs> And I think like, I don't want to say that like resting is not good. I think resting is like super important, but just like doing it in a way that is more, um, that is actually restful because I think scrolling on social media is not restful because you just constantly compare yourself to other people. Um, you're just constantly thinking about, okay, what to do next? And okay, let me, let me watch one more video. And, um, so like, for example, yesterday, I just took uh, my daughter on a walk and then just started writing poetry while she was asleep. And that was like really filling my cup. And, um, I know that practices like this, like being creative, like writing poetry, reading a book, um, doing yoga during the nap time of my daughter is just like giving me so, so much energy. And, um, yeah, it's just filling my cup like crazy. And on the other hand, um, just like scrolling on social media is just taking away even more of my energy. So I think it's so important, um, especially for moms, to to keep in mind that not every activity that seems to be restful is actually going to give you energy and to make like an inventory of all the activities that actually give you something that actually fill your cup or it can also like be speaking to a friend on the phone I think that's something that always fills my cup as well um to have like social interaction and um or yeah to work on your business or to do something for yourself I think that's something so valuable and something you know I mean in the end you still have the same time you still spend the same time on on a certain thing but it just like makes such a big difference on what kind of activity you actually spend it so um yeah that's what I found and yeah it's really crazy how this makes such a big difference yeah I actually have a rule that I live by with that and it makes all the difference it's create more than you consume if you want to go scroll Pinterest make a Pinterest pen first if you want to go scroll TikTok make a TikTok first and you know and it doesn't have to be exactly correlated like you can just write you know, journal in your journal and then scroll or write a poem and then scroll or work on a book just for you to read and then scroll, you know, anything like that. But just being able to create more than you consume allows you to get into this space of creating energy rather than suppressing your energy. Like they say, depression is a lack of expression. And I think if you get in this flow of expressing, you are just continuously creating more energy and filling your cup versus getting in this place of feeling like repressed energy because you're consuming, 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 consuming. And then you feel like in this place of being lost because you're not using your truth. You're not using your voice. You're not using 
your creative abilities and we are creative beings like we are meant to create and so when we continuously repress those creative abilities because we're consuming it's draining for us and I think that's a big part of why scrolling 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 can be really draining whereas if you go to scroll with the intent of like okay like I want to get a little bit of inspiration what do I want to write about and then you see something you know being very intentional about who you follow like does this inspire me and okay, I saw this poem and that really inspired me and I'm kind of doing like a spinoff on it. And, you know, just being very mindful and intentional on how we use the things around us and if we're using them to help us be more creative, expressive beings or if we're repressing all of those things. And that's also a big part of my whole becoming the wild mother because the wild mother, what I define what I define the wild woman as, as a woman who is rewilding herself is connecting to her intuitive being. And she is not a person that reacts to her environment. She creates her environment. And that means that you're creating more than you consume because to create your environment, you have to be intentional and you have to be active and you have to continuously create what you want to see in your life. And so that's where this idea of becoming the wild mother comes from. And I know it, um, really almost gets lost in these ideas of, uh, I did a free birth, I unschool, I've homesteaded, I've lived off grid, I've traveled full time, I did van life. And so I've done all of these things that are considered like wild, (laughs) but really what wild mothering is about and what I created my whole like wild, uh, becoming the wild mother journal on is this idea of getting back to your state of creation and creating in alignment with your values. And so it's like I was saying before, you, you aren't going to create the life you actually want if you're not putting energy towards your values. But in order to do that, you have to get to this space of rewilding that you're back to your basics. You know your intuition. You know your creative abilities. You know what your heart wants to express because you're not constantly repressing it by consuming, consuming, consuming. Yes, great. (laughs) Also, I think that's just such a fine line between um, consuming just for getting some inspiration and then just kind of getting lost and just starting to comparing yourself. And like, I see that with myself, like when I just want to scroll a bit, um, on reels, let's say just to get some, like a bit of inspiration for something I want to create. And I just start to get lost. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to get out of here because I can like see my mindset, like shifting so quickly from, okay, like I'm creative. I can do this to, oh my God, like all these people, so amazing what am I even doing here and I think that's just so toxic um or it can be so toxic if you don't um realize that pattern in yourself and so I think it's really amazing to um, what you said that becoming a wild mother is about like connecting back to intuition um like connecting back to um to the fact that everything is already within you and that you know like that you already know everything because in the end that's how it is and um also speaking about intuition because I'm a big fan of intuition (laughs) um I was wondering if you have a special um practice or if you embed any um little practices during the day to teach your girls how to listen or how to honor their intuition intuition's big in our household and it's a conversation we've had a lot especially with the girls and I having some harder experiences in the past and I really allow them to um, open up about those experiences and their feelings about them and discuss it and you know one of the things that my daughter talks about 
because we've had these in-depth discussions about our past and her feelings and she's she's so intelligent and emotionally intelligent and one of the things she often tells me is like oh mom what is your gut feel about that what is your heart feel about that and you know and I'll ask her the same thing like even if we meet someone new like oh did your gut have a bad feeling about them or did you have a good feeling about them? What did your heart feel about it? How does your heart feel about it? And, you know, we, we check into our bodies. Another thing that I do along with that line of being able to check when their, their physical responses to things is when they are having a hard time, like finding their calm to express themselves. We go, uh, we say this thing is where is your calm in your body? And so that will get them to kind of do like a body scan of like, okay, what parts of me are reacting right now? What parts of me are, are calm? And so, you know, they'll find wherever their calm is. And sometimes they say something silly, like their toes or their bottom. And sometimes they'll say something real, like, okay, it's in my tummy right here. or I kind of feel it in my throat. And, and what we'll do is we'll stop and we'll take some deep breaths until that calm goes all the way up to their mouth and to their mind so that they can use that calm from their own bodies to communicate what they want to communicate. And it's been really awesome of, one, it's just a regulation method. They are able to regulate their own feelings and create awareness in their body. But it also allows them to touch base with where these different feelings are coming up in their body and what's their truth. Because, you know, if they're having the calm in their stomach, maybe they weren't necessarily um, upset about something in a passionate way. Whereas, you know, if they feel like it's in their fingers or toes, maybe maybe their stomach and their chest are really not calm. Maybe they did have like a very passionate response and it's something we need to talk about more. And so just letting them tap into that and let me know where those feelings are in their body, they're just already creating this awareness around this intuition that they inherently have. I think that's so great because often as, especially as little girls, as women, we get told that our body is something that we should be ashamed of. And um, I think you really honor their own body and their own intuition by doing this practice. Um, because, yeah, I think it's crazy how we grow up as girls and we have to be ashamed of our bodies, whereas our bodies hold so much wisdom. And um, I think especially if you if you develop an illness in in a certain body part, um, it always like or usually you can like connect it back to uh, something that's like a suppressed emotion in that body part, which then develops into an illness. So I think like just learning from a very young age to listen to um, signs of your body, I think that's so valuable because I think many people are living so out of tune with their bodies right now. And just like ignoring the their own symptoms or their own reactions of their bodies. Whereas if they would just like listen to their bodies and um, just really tapping into it, they would actually get so much wisdom out of it. So I think like learning or teaching that to your girls from a very young age is so valuable. And I think it will help them like growing up immensely. Yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. And it's something that we're kind of missing in our society because we live in such a consumption-based society. It's all about like hustle and bustle and productivity or consuming things. Like that is the the two sides of the coin that we live within. And so being able to give the give children these tools of mindfulness to just 
tap out of the consumption and tap out of the productivity and instead create space to be able to fill what they need to fill and to know even what that means for them, it will create a change where they don't have to show up in these ways that are inauthentic and people pleasing and trying to just be productive for the sake of being productive. And so they don't have to spend all this time trying to figure out what their alignment is or what their heart's voice is, because they're just going to know it. They'll know how to access it from the get-go because they weren't taught to be pulled away from it like so many of us normally are. Yes, I agree so much to this. I think um, you really create like, uh, yeah, you're really raising like amazing humans and you create such an impact by um, by showing other moms that it can be done differently and that there is not, um, yeah, that they don't have to follow like the, the rules of society or everything that we know, like for sure, everything that like where people would say, oh no, it didn't hurt me either. Yes, it hurt you. You're traumatized and um, you like, yeah, you don't have a regulated nervous system. So I think raising children by these values and um yeah creating a new generation of children who are actually in tune with their own bodies and with their own intuition and with their values is like so so valuable so thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom here and your advices um if you would like you can uh, um, maybe give people who are listening right now a little um yeah introduction about <clears throat> where people can find you and uh, maybe what you're offering um yeah just a little sum up on how people can get in touch with you Yeah, I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. I love having these discussions. I'm so passionate. You can probably hear like even just the change in my tone when I start speaking about these things because they're coming from my heart. They're not coming from my mind anymore. It's like a whole tone <laughs> switch, a whole vibe switch. Like <laughs> so, true. so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like even hearing, hearing myself talk about these things because it's I don't know. It doesn't even feel like I'm thinking about what I'm saying. It's just like spewing out of me. But you can find me on Instagram at Becoming the Wild Mother. You can find me at becomingthewildmother.com. I have a blog um, with resources. I have a community on there that people can join to do a monthly book club with monthly motherhood resources. We have things that are like homeschool resources, but also things um, to help moms find their alignment and flow within motherhood. And I also have a guide on Unschooling with Confidence. It's a guided workbook to help people figure out how best to unschool in their own circumstances or what kind of child-led homeschooling they would like to practice in their own homes and to understand the ins and out of it and to be able to do it with confidence to feel like they're not just leaving their child up to their own devices. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, please just help me figure out how to unschool because I feel like I'm just leaving them to do their own thing. When in reality, there's so much to unschooling, um, being able to scaffold and help them learn in these play-based child-led ways. I also will be coming out with my memoir soon, Becoming the Wild Mother. So um, yeah, you can find me on Pinterest. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram under Becoming the Wild Mother. Yes, you create a lot. I love that. <laughs> like you said, create more than you consume. That's so amazing. Um, yeah, so thank you so, so much for, for being here. I put everything in the show notes. Like, um, tag your Instagram, your TikTok, your website, <laughs> everything, um, so that people can directly access it. So thank you so, so much for being here. And yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for being part of the motherhood revolution. Feel free to share this episode with your family, with your friends. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, please do so by at Better Since Birth Podcast. I will put the information in the show notes. And other than that, if you are, have an inspiring story to tell, if you want to be part of the podcast yourself, please drop me a message. I'm more than happy to welcome you here. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week and I will see you here next week. Bye.